The real person, and we go, What? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. I'm feeling wonderful. <laughs> Kathleen looks crush, TV crush worthy. Like so many special guests, and all your questions. Live on the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we are at the top of the dreams of uh, Dylan McKay. I just wanted to give Chuck Rosen the floor um, to talk about a little bit about Luke Perry. This is a very difficult week for everybody. And um, yeah, man, so I just figured we'd start with you and you can kind of talk about what Luke Perry meant to you. Luke, uh, nobody worked harder than Luke. Uh, maybe I did because of the nature of the role that I had. But indeed, he put in more effort and heart into his daily routine as it affected his work on 90210 as as anyone possibly could. It was it was maximum effort on his part um, anytime. Um, and and he because of the the, the, the maximum approach, you know, he 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 came. He wanted more. He always wanted more, and you know, really kept me on my toes. And I think that he wrote me uh, when I left the show. What he wrote me is he said basically, and it was it was you know I took it as such a great compliment. Finding it after he'd passed was that you know you and I had we went around the block a few times or something like that, but I would do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because look at the result that we, we had and, and just thinking about his work. And one of the things that's been so great about the, um, the podcast, about the show, is being able for, for an old guy like me and, and, and now bringing in Larry to, to see this incredibly talented actor um, who, you know, bring things to life in a way that um, uh, deserves to be seen. Yeah. Larry, do you want to say anything about Luke? I just, you know, he brought a lot of joy to the set. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, seeing him around there, he brings his pet pig. He had a pet pig. He, uh, you know, we hear all the stories now of all the guest stars coming in, and the first one would welcome them in a, in a kind of a, you know, a, into the family, so to speak, was Luke. I mean, it's just a, it's just the sheer excitement of, of of being a star on a hit show and and being being thrown all the work we were throwing at him. Like Chuck said, he really always wanted to push it more. He was challenging in that way. But no, it's just a, a pleasure to work with and a privilege. Well, absolutely. Um, I can't speak enough as a fan, uh, just what he meant to all of us. And tomorrow we're going to try to do a little Zoom. Um, we're going to just play a quick shirt ad, and then we're going to come back and talk about the uh, dreams of Dylan Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Do you know we have even more new shirts and merchandise at Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com? For instance, watch our Planet 90210 show with some sick Planet 90210 merch. Or want to celebrate at the Peach Pit? Check out this new shirt with a photo from Jill Henkel's collection. Or, oh my god, I know Claire Arnold fans are going to love this one. A little sex, rock, and really decent literature. 
Plus for all you Larry Mullen fans. That's right, a get out of here shirt. And don't forget about our classic designs. We keep loading it up with more items each week, so head over to Beverly Hills 90210showshop.com for all your 90210 stuff. All right, so let's get starting to talk about this episode. Uh, this is a trippy episode, but first I want to welcome some of our panel. I just want to also say that John Grease is nowhere to be found. So that is not happening this week. Um, but we have David Hayward, who was Kevin, and Tom Victor, who was our production designer. So, hey, Tom, how's everything been with you, man? We haven't seen you in a little bit. We kind of cut out right then, but everything's been going great. You know, just hunkering down. The last, uh, the last time I saw going. Tom was uh, at a magic show. That was. Did you see me there? I didn't. Yeah. I heard voices. Oh, I didn't see you. Yes, Karen and I. Yes, one of the best fun. magic. Uh, Charlie Isaacs changed uh, brokerages, and so for those of us who are his clients, Charlie being Gabriel's husband, husband, um, you know, is uh, they put on a. Just a, he, they used to have a one. They do have a wonderful party every January, and they couldn't have it this year. So yeah. this was our reward for being loyal and uh, and happy. And uh, and it was a great magic show, you know. So it's it was a zoom at the Geffen, zoom yeah, into we, the Geffen magic show. It was pretty great. Everybody yeah. got a box and uh, a package had to open and do the magic along with them. Oh, yeah, cool! Nice to see and you. David, David's with us. Kevin, uh, how how are you, man? How's everything going with you? Everything's going fine, you know. We uh, trying to get our house rebuilt, and uh, other than that, uh, the obstacles aren't too great. Yeah. <laughs> Did something happen to your house, David, or or was it a victim yeah, of? There was this uh, fire a couple years ago. That, oh that no! Really? That's what take my house. Oh no! No. But, no. All right, Chuck. Let's get good. into the dreams of Dylan McKay. Yeah. Well, you know, I've. Uh, must admit that the, the last, like, like many of the fans probably are tuning in and, and, and you know, and, and who are excited about the idea that we would be doing that this week. You know, I, I too, the, this is what I've been thinking about for like the last 12 hours, pretty much uh, <laughs> obsessing it. And the thing is, is that, and we mentioned it, we got to see the episode, Larry, Pete, and I on, on Monday. And, and, you, you know, the, the idea being that, that we put Luke into some huge story arcs and, and you know, him starting it by walking in really and saying, I want to be in a triangle. I want to scramble it up. We got to do more as we, as we were talking in the tribute part. And, um, and so I felt kind of from that moment on and every time we, we did something like that, his father episode, certainly having us lose the money. And now when Larry and I picked him up in season five, I really felt like his caretaker mm. and we that I had come through being his caretaker. And this one was, you know, my battle between good and evil. I mean, this this storyline and the character travails of Dylan McKay had been in my dreams for two and a half years nonstop. He was the one I was servicing. I realized that prior to that, I was servicing the, the Walsh family kids. That's what the, my, because came out of the Walsh and then year two. But by this point, you know, Dylan McKay and here was, um, you know, the, my chance to, to, 
you know, do the battle, have some resolution and, you know, be able to have a character who's not trying to be so morbidly depressed and wanting to kill himself. Right. You know, and we had to get out of that guy, right? So, <laughs> until until Larry could would kill his wife, you know. Right. Jeez, yeah, right. sure, this was a sweeps episode, so we have to remember that we were building to this this uh, the fall of after after Kevin, the dastardly Kevin and so Suzanne steal his nice. money. We pick him up, and now he's a destroyed man. He doesn't even have his wealth anymore, and he just drives himself down to the bottom. As the episode the starts, he's he's driven off a cliff in his Porsche. And we do this enormous episode, and I want Tom to remember this. And and Chuck, this was a double up. Molly, oh, I do remember. We were doing two episodes with this one. Right, right. We would. This is the one that we were doing. Um, the, I the, think, the, the, I Kelly, I think I mean, the hate fire. is another word. Hate is another word. I think is the one. Hate is the four-letter word. It was a big Gabriella one, Andrea one, because that's why she never kisses Dylan. I tracked all the kisses in this episode for later, if you want to know. <laughs> I tracked it all. I tracked it's all the, the women who kissed them. highlight of the whole yeah. thing. It is. Knowing right. the kisses. I'm the all, delight I'm of the whole thing. I left that to you, of course. Yeah, is this, right. the, episode, is this <laughs> the episode that also had um, the bar where he fantasizes all the girls? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's seen. where he's doing all the kissing, you know? Yeah, that's right. Tommy Newton. That, that is the happiest look on Dylan McKay's <laughs> Face I'd ever seen from I've been with all of these girls. I know it's every man's look. It's like amazing. Exactly. All right, let's let's we'll hold on that one though because we want right. to we want to get we want to get to that. Chuck, why don't we talk a little bit about or with Tom here? We have him here and talk about the tunnel, right? right? The tunnel. Well, yeah, the, the tunnel was real important. This is a battle between good and evil, and this is the idea that that someone is is on the life support, is struggling, and and is someone who's had a troubled past. And so the demons are right there. Yeah, let's get this over with. You got the bright light coming out, which usually is you go to the light, it's death, and everything's going to be peaceful, whatever, you know, in, in a good way. And yet you've got the demons yelling at him, and yet something is keeping him from, from not doing these things. Mm. So... You know, and and um, so then we knew we had to have something like that. We had to have it contained. And I want to give a just a shout out to uh, to the person who who would really take the deep dives right in the start when it was a blank page, and that was our buddy Chip, who I went to him and said I need to have you know him being really disoriented in a battle between good and evil, and he told me to watch a movie called Jacob's Ladder. And Jacob's Ladder is uh, was Tim Robbins as a young man, made around in the 90s, I think 90, 91. I didn't see it. And because I was working so hard on 90210, I didn't really even hear of it at that at that at the point where he brought it into the conversation. But I watched it and he he's lost his child. He's having a severe case of disassociation. And and here's the sentence that I just want to read to to realize that this is what we captured, which was. He must decipher reality and life from his own dreams, delusions, and perceptions of death. And so that's what we were attempting to recreate in this light episode of, of 90210, which is why we have a college football game going on at the same time, because you got to have normalcy, too, when you're battling, you know, good and evil. 
So let's look at some of these. I have Jill. You know, Jill gave me these books of set fo photos that you guys worked oh, on, Tom. Great. And she gave me some yeah. stuff just of the tunnel. Um, so here is wow. putting this tunnel together. <clears throat> uh, do you know where it was, yeah. the tunnel, Tom? Oh, absolutely. That tunnel is the tunnel on the way up to Griffith Park uh, Observatory. You can't film that anymore, at least uh, at least not in normal hours of, of a series filming. It's and maybe it's too expensive. I don't know, but since about 2005, that I know of, you can't film that tunnel. And then we added in the platform and the columns. And if you notice, the railroad tracks are actually a little close to the platform, but for for a real train width. But wow. you know, I don't think most people notice that, especially with the bright light at the end of the tunnel. No, and, definitely uh, not. Yeah, no, uh, no not at all. We we brought in those columns. Wow! Oh wow. yeah, we brought we what built all of it. Tom? What were they made of? Those are sonotube. They're what you actually cast concrete in. Uh, so they're they're fairly like they're basically like a heavy cardboard. Then we wow. painted them and fit them, and we had to do that in a day. So everything got put in there in a day. Then we filmed it in a day and took it out. I think the same day it was filmed because I don't think we were there all day. I think we were we moved around uh, Griffith Park. And then we had to hide things with greens and everything at the ends of the tunnels. Crazy. Busy day, I'll tell you. It was like a lot of different and, uh, Steve on. Randolph. Steve Randolph was the uh, cinematographer in this one that Molly Campbell pointed out. That's right. I know. Oh, yeah. I know. yeah. I, I've asked Steve, I, I've I asked him have. to come on. He sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll correspond with him on Facebook. And he was really, you know, Rick Gunther, unfortunately, is no longer with yeah. us. So Steve was there. Steve was, you know, yeah. we had a, yeah. we did he had two terrific DPs and he'd have yeah. his crew and it was really, you know, you, you never knew the difference of any time, but it's, this was a hard one to do. This is one that we've talked about uh, Pete and Larry and I, that we, it, this was a, a very difficult day to make for the production group, not necessarily art or this or the, the, the crew that struck, but the production group, and they didn't. They didn't make it the day, and that was the first time I had uh, that experience going into an editing room. This was a challenge to edit, but we'll talk about that a little later as we go through some of the other really good things. Was, Ke was Kevin? Uh, Kevin uh, David, were you in this uh, tunnel also? Did you do? Uh, you, no, you, I don't think I ever got there? to the tunnel. He did not. Yeah, I know you were in the bar scene. Yeah, he didn't get to. The he got to the bar scene. Yeah, certainly, he was with Moldy was certainly. Yeah. Charles, I think we should preface this that the previous episode people need to know what happened at the end of that episode right so here's a scene of the where he where where dylan uh you know he well i'll just show it So that's what starts all this. That looks complicated. Oh, I remember Dan Adams. Yeah, Dan. Dan. I was like, who's directing that? The thing is, is people should know the park service wouldn't let us let that car go down farther than like 30 feet 
It may not even been that far because we weren't allowed to damage the plants. So we put, you know, the natural growth. We put the the uh, barricade up, the, you know, the, the rail. That, was ours, that wasn't the cities, yeah. That, yeah, so that was our guardrail. And then I, it's the magic of editing uh, that made that look like it went farther and enough shots to fill in the middle to make it look like it went farther. Well, it's interesting you use those two words together, enough shots, because what made additionally this a challenge is that in that tunnel, we did not have enough shots. So you start oh, seeing things repeated because and other rabbits pulling out of the hat, which we'll, you know, a little bit we'll talk about, I'm sure. The guardrail scene had to happen. It's a mundane question, but what happened to the Porsche? Uh, Porsche? Nothing happened to it. I mean, you mean in real life? Is it still around? Or because on yeah, that day, nothing in, in that scene, did it did it get banged up or? I think it got some branches stuck in the bottom of it, and I don't think anything was really hurt. It didn't go that far, honestly. It looks like it went farther. That's why. Yeah, it was pretty so easy. Yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, it was like the the, the illusion of film uh, in, in that moment. It wasn't that. And the guardrail is balsa wood and. Uh, that was before you started making things out of foam core, but it was balsa wood things just, they were designed to break so they didn't hurt the car. So it was probably, what is the thing when you are controlling traffic? Is What's that called when intermittent, what, what's the term? Oh, ITC. ITC, intermittent, intermittent traffic, traffic control. control. We put, we did we have, have that there or did we just shut down the road? Well, on the tunnel, we shut down the road. Yeah. We shut down the road. The tunnel, we, we had to shut down the road, and we had people bypass. But where we did the guardrail, there was no traffic. That was a road that was no, closed off was anyway. Yeah. So no, yeah. I was talking about the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, the tunnel itself, we had there was a bypass, so they could take a, the lower road or the upper road or go to the other side. I can't remember exactly, but there there's a way around. So we controlled that. Did you have a chance to check out the episode, you guys? Yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> Good. Oh, Kevin, you've got a great outfit. You've got some great outfits in this one. I have some great outfits in it, but I have no memory of shooting any of those scenes. None. <laughs> yeah, because, well, you know, to look at it again. I was thinking I looked at it, it twice. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I can understand. But, you know, the thing is, is that what, what we tend to forget in terms of the fans who were watching this for the first time at the time is that seeing Suzanne mm. and Kevin, you guys took off with the money and we hadn't seen you. We hadn't seen Hyder well, tell you and nothing. And then you show walk in the room and show up in the dream. You know, uh, I mean, that was a, yeah. and this was, this script in terms of the, the dreams part and Luke's yeah. part, it was about, aha, we're going to wow you. Aha, look at, at the stuff. Things are going to look kind of, it, everything's good, but, you know, you're carving the turkey, are those snakes? You know, it's, it, there's weirdness everywhere around. And um, that was fun, you know, departure in, in the battle of good and, and evil, as it were. Well, we were supposed to get another special guest to pop in. She hasn't got here yet, but I want to show some scenes from uh, the hospital. Is it my imagination or was I just sandbagged? Well, it's a vital part of your medical education, honey. Residents are supposed to make your life miserable. At least he's still breathing. 
Look at the rapid eye movement. He's definitely in a heightened dream state. Yep, probably. You know, in what anthropologists used to call primitive cultures, the shamans believed that whenever someone was unconscious, what was really going on was a battle for the person's soul. Dr. Ponce. So, did, you hear the, did you hear the PA for Avery Rosen? I, I the last thing in that. I my, son, my son's name. Yeah, I did hear that. Um, well, here's a good time to talk about um, soulmates <laughs> and the and the nurse that is. You revealed this on Patreon, uh, Chuck, that the nurse that was talking about the battle for the soul. That initially, when you started to talk about soulmates and eventually thinking about the real McCoy and the past lives thing. This nurse um, is the person that you guys had in mind initially as the person that Dylan would, would be. Well, I, I wouldn't be that broad in, because okay. this was not something that we had in mind because I don't think, and Larry, I don't know if you would even remember this point. I don't think this is something I wanted to share with anybody yet that I was thinking about doing past lives Mm -hmm. So especially around her. So I, you know, I had been interested in it, it and also became interested in dreams because, you know, I've um, so much of my experience on 90210 was being confounded with narrative problems and going to sleep and waking up and knowing what to do. And without that transformation going on in my sleep and my subconscious. I don't know how, it, you know, it just happened too many times to get me interested in, well, what goes on with dreams? And then uh, Karen's, just to go to the hypnosis part of it, the soulmates part of it, Karen's cousin did hypnosis therapy. Mm. And so she would talk to us about that. She's a very bright woman. And so, you know, I knew about, but in looking at the performance, you just, you know, you, you, if you're going to be, especially, and we're talking about this was 1994, and so much of what we know today about how the mind works has come since 1994, that what she was talking about in this was, and, and, and medical science was just not going to be a party for that kind of thinking. And so I, as she was doing, reading the lines, I went, yeah, but you you weren't the person 1030 at night in a library at Columbia reading that. Mm. You know, I, I didn't believe that she knew that stuff, that she lived and died by that stuff. Because she's looking at somebody like, like they, you would in a, you know, it's like she's looking at somebody in a coma. And she's obviously somebody, that gray area between life and death, the, the light and all that. There was a lot of things. We could have had a lot of fun, but we didn't. It, because I, we didn't cast the right person and we didn't go after the right person because it wasn't clear yet that was a way to go. It was just a, really a notion, but the notion was quickly quelled on the first day of production of this uh, episode. I, you know, I wasn't going to do more because it. she gave And it really is, and I don't mean to attack the actress because I don't know her from, from being, but it, you know, it, it's just one of the things, it happens the audition performance, David, is better than the end result, right? Sometimes, I right? don't know if it's a theatrical thing. And the director of this episode particularly liked her, and I was particularly tired uh, by this point <laughs> uh, during the TV show. There was double ups. And if this is the, you know, 
this was one, you know, and we've had John Perret on and we should get him back, Pete. You know, I was just yeah. thinking having Tom here. You know, we were trading strips on the floor trying to figure oh. out where you could transport an actor, where locations had to be moved. It's, 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 the double-ups, the double-ups, yeah, people couldn't be on so, and, and And because we were so competitive in season five, because Fox was now a more competitive network, having just acquired the National Football League, and, you know, there was more to everything that we would do, um, you know, we we put a lot. These These were the big... Sweep episodes. We just didn't want run-of-the-mill sweep episodes. We wanted, they had to be huge. You know, we were we were a big show by this point. We had a scheduling czar, somebody yeah. who just did that, and I would sit in there with him because I would have to work with both directors. Ken Stringer, I think. Ken Stringer. Yep. Yes, well, Ken Stringer. I get one van and for the director, yeah. and then go to some other place, and they leave me in a parking lot and pick me up with another director. You'd have to negotiate. You'd have to negotiate where your stuff was too. And yes, for us, it was yes. like we had to take people in and out of scenes just to be able to get the balance of, of who was oh, yeah. where during right. to make a day. Because still, you had to have you know well, between five and seven pages a day. Still, let yeah. me jump in here and say there was another nurse in that scene, and here she oh, is. Caroline, <laughs> my favorite nurse. How are you? Carol, how are you? Hello, Very Carol. Good. What a treat. Amazing, man. Are you guys know each other? We met. Yeah. <laughs> this is college. A TV talk show sometimes, right? When the guests right. know each other. Wow, <laughs> isn't that great? Yeah, I work with, your, went, I work with we your father. College. College together at ASU. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Well, Carol's cool. sister, that Janet, is, cool. is my oldest friend. And I mean that really sincerely. I think I have an older sister. Hi, Carol. If you, if Hi, you're sweetheart. Listening. And I, I was saying hello to my Carol, my Carol Ocean, you know, but you, you too. But you know, with, with being Janet's sister, that's how I the big sister of my girlfriend in in middle school, and she would hang out at the library and she right. was the great actress of Beverly Hills High School and uh you were my music man. first boyfriend. Here oh, I was, yeah. and I still I still uh, have a big place in my heart for that. Oh, know, that's great. And and for his sister. I worked with your father in oh, 1987. Yeah? Her father was Jesse White, one of the great people in Hollywood. You know, I because my producing partner was uh, Harry Ackerman. We were doing oh. the new Gidget, and she, he did his he did his stuff with uh, Alan Hale and Bob Denver. We were kind of doing a little bit of a Gilligan and Jolly little Gidget thing. He was really, just fabulous, such a thrill. Thank you. Well, Carol, let me ask you, talking about this episode, um, what are your memories kind of going back and looking at this? Oh, well, I forgot I had such a great part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like not just the nurse in and out. It was like I was a caring nurse and I liked my work. It's like occasionally you look back on things and go, oh, no, but it was nice. I looked good. I was it was. And you know what? Luke Perry was so nice. Everybody on your show, guys was so nice so nice to me i mean you know why wouldn't why wouldn't you be nice but it was it was a pleasure it was a real pleasure and thank you for that job charles because <laughs> she knows me as a chucky actually i call him chucky yeah <laughs> 
Well, here's a scene with you and Jenny. I haven't seen the scenes yet, so I'm hoping that it's all good. Thanks, Todd. Let's we try to keep well, visits to a minimum for the patient's own good. Okay. Okay. Maybe not, Todd. What happened? <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so anyway, talk to me a little bit about uh, working with all of these people, um, mainly Jenny. And, and you know, we were talking about the other nurse, and I think her name is, I think it was Kristen, I think. Do you remember her? Yes, but she was a young med intern who pretended occasionally to be a doctor, a right? A doctor, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, but very nice. Uh you know, nice. Uh, you know, I. It was like, <laughs> remember your lines. Remember your lines. You know, so everybody else is sort of a blur, and then I'm talking to them, and then I'm remembering my lines. You know, actors process hmm. like that. Yeah, that's the thing that I just want to. I want to ask you about that, David. That 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 sitting there going, you got a day, you got a big scene, you're in a thing, you're a guest in the world. Remember your lines, remember your lines, remember your lines. You have that same inner monologue that Carol just described. It's, I mean, that's kind of underneath it all. What, what really is going on is, is hang on to the guy. Don't lose the guy. And, and then kind of running the lines in my head, but trying to make it more of a thought than just words. Right. Yeah, because he's a real actor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, you do your homework and you know the situation and the given circumstances, as they say. And um, then when you show up, boom, you do your Yeah, work. well, I really admire actors because just, and you too, Larry, you act. To, to remember the, be able to memorize that. I can't, at this point in my life, I can't even remember a phone number. So right? it's harder and harder. <laughs> hey, since, uh, you know, it is a, the Luke week for us, what was your experience working with Luke? Did you have anything special happen, Carol, with Luke? And you were in the room um, with him all that time before the shoot. Was he just curious what, what his demeanor was like that? He was, he was gentle. Um, he was, you know, into the work, as we actors say, the work. Mm -hmm. No and, question of that. Um, yeah, just he was kind, welcoming, you know, because it was everybody else, almost everybody, ha it had been around before, and I was a new guy. And so he welcomed me, and um, I'm trying to think if we ran – Ran anything before? No, because he was, no, he was you know, out, yeah. out of it. Yeah. yeah. I'm in my bathrobe. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm also single and, you know, could get exciting. But Nice. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, David, you work with him a lot. I mean, obviously, you, you, you work with him from episodes and episodes. Mm -hmm. I mean. What right. do you remember? What do you remember most about working with Luke? I think I, the most uh, important and, and most memorable thing is is what I mentioned before. Is he was, it was not um, series lead to guest actor. It was just actor to actor, person to person. This yeah. is great. We get to do this together. I mean, it, mm. that was the feeling I got from him, and it made it really easy. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, check this stuff gets a little bit trippy, like you said. Here's uh, here's this stuff. Let's see. Hi, you two. Come on in. 
I told you not to bring anything. You don't think I come empty-handed. You're terrible, but we love you anyway. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Mom. Hi, mm, Dylan. Oh, what's that? Mom, where do you think? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I hope you brought along your appetite. What, are you kidding me? I've been fasting for two days. And guess who else is here? Hmm. Hey, where you been? Our team's getting clobbered here. Yeah, which team is that? <laughs> Can I get you a drink? Yeah, maybe later. Oh, how are you doing? How was that conference? It's very productive. Our friend, Monsieur Cousteau, sends his best regards. How is Jacques these days, huh? <laughs> Cantankerous as usual, but very appreciative about how our little company has helped to clean up the oceans over the past few years. Well, as well he should be. I'll get that. Uh, it's probably Erica. What? Yeah, my little sister walked over here all by herself? Come on. What can I say? She's a big girl. She is. You still hacking away at that poor bird? You want to take over? Yeah, just let me let Eric in. All right, Chuck. Let's let let's walk through bigger your snakes. Plane. We needed bigger snakes. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I just should want to like the sound Jim, effect though. But of Jim's, the snake. Uh, Jim's ugly sweater was bought at Bullock's because I did. Wait, no, hang on. I got, hang, <laughs> hang on. I have this. Uh, I have this clip of um, of Molly uh, talking about James Eckhouse's sweater. Molly Campbell was the production person on this. So let's see if I can pull this up real quick. Uh, this is what Molly had to say about James Eckhouse. Oh, One. Great. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> what is this? This is definitely... Well, look, it's a dream, right? It's a dream. It's Thanksgiving dinner, right? So. Oh, but... Eckhouse gets all that. Moments where you just go off the rails. <laughs> and, and perfect. That's one of those moments. Look at that. Where did you find that sweater? Probably at Bullock's with Macy's. <laughs> um, it was in the ugly sweater department. <laughs> That's, That's great. <laughs> She's got. We got some, a few more clips from Molly. Hey, I want to let everybody know we're trying to get John Grease here, so that might that is happening behind the scenes as well. So that's where I Pete am. Pete, Pit, Pete, it's Pete Pitbull. It's just, it's just all happening sometimes. You, you here. do it, yeah. Well, you're, you're. Uh, hey, David, I want to ask you about shooting some of that stuff. Do you, you have no memory of doing this? Shooting, I swear, on the I don't. I looked at it. I, I struggled. And I couldn't come up with it. I would love to have a lie for you and right. make up a story, but I, I, I got nothing. That's okay. Uh, Tom, I'm curious about creating the Walsh house and making it look like this dream. Uh, how, how, how much do you go, like, where do you go to with these ideas? You know, it was just an exaggeration of fall. So you get a bunch of leaves and... I'm not even Chuck. Did you write this in to have the leaves falling inside the house? Because absolutely, no, I don't think so. I just because that was great. I mean, uh, you know, all right. I I know the, I, it probably was the director. Hang on one second. Hey, John, yeah. can you hear us? John, can you hear us? Nope, it's not John. Okay, not, not, uh, not quite yet. Okay, well, we're, we're trying. Get, okay. get Melanie on it. Yes. 
Yeah, Melanie's on working on behind. I'm sorry. I didn't well, the you. leaves know. Larry said it right. I mean, that came from, you know, production. That came from, yeah. you know, you and Drew. That came from, you know, oh, it's just, you know, Paul, whatever. But it was, you know, the Thanksgiving and the festive and, and the, it, it's just too much. I mean, I could pull out the script and read you the, the passage, but. It, you know, because uh, yeah. because as Larry and Pete know, and as I said on the uh, the other day, this is the first episode I wanted to reread the script, right? Because I wanted to remember what was in there when we shot it, and then what was done in a very long, incredibly long a day of post production. Really, one of the only ones I remember. You know, a six hour session that you know morning to the and and more i had lunch at the at the facility larry i mean i was i was in hunker down and drove to pasadena and met all my friends at the rolling stone concert you know <laughs> is when we were filming that night but that, that was uh yeah that was uh, so i was tired yeah. What a run of shows we had there! It's unbelievable. <laughs> this is, I mean, this, the, the, the fire. The fire was going on the same time, and the fire was going on the same time as that one. Yeah. Uh, some more dreamy stuff. This is the fans are going to love this. The Kelly and Dylan fans, I know. And then, of course... <laughs> Since you're the best man, I hope you remember to bring some wedding rings. Don't worry. If he didn't, I did. <laughs> you can laugh at me all you want, Dylan. It's okay. I don't care. As long as you marry me. Valerie. How many times do I have to tell you I am not Valerie? I am Brenda. That's who I am. That's who I want to be. I want to be Brenda. And I want to be your wife. I think we can get started. Absolutely. All right, so this is a lot of things to talk about. The weddings... I want to be Brenda. There's a, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. Let's talk about... So intricate. So many things going on. My God. Only six hours in post-production. I can't believe you did it that fast. <laughs> no cutting. Yeah, no, not, you know, but the, in, in the cutting room. Yeah, the yeah. cutting room. So talk to me about the two weddings, Chuck, and, um, you know, where you got that from. Well, we, you know... Brandon did step in on that Kelly uh, relationship, so that was an easy step in. And sure. and Valerie wanting to be Brenda, um, it, it's that one passage that we had, um, you know, that uh, I think that I actually think Karen wrote wrote it in in one of her scripts that um, you know Valerie just you know saying I want to be Brenda. What's wrong to want to have be in Brenda's room, and what's wrong to do that? So that had already also been established. The you know, that, that being Brenda would have been better than being Valerie, even as it relates to the character of Dylan. So, you know, you just put that in, you know, to go through with the characters. Michelle asked from char for you in in the dreams, Valerie, um, Valerie says on Brenda, is that Dylan thinking of Brenda or is it he, he thinks Valerie wants to be Brenda? 
Valerie wants to be Brenda was what I was going for. Got it. Uh, and, 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 any, and anything could be done, you know, damn it, because, you know, we're in the battle of good and evil. I got you. Well, here's hey, what Where was that done, by the way, Tom? Where was that shot? Was that part of the uh, the uh, Griffin Observatory uh, day? or The wedding is was yeah. shot on set there. It's, the it's stairs the coming down. Oh, that was wow. the wall show. Yeah. Oh my God. At the wall house. Yeah. Well, you know, set dressing was really good at this wow. kind of stuff too. Jill and her crew. Oh yeah, they can good. see now. Change, yeah. We changed out the dra the drapes and uh, yeah, you know, added, yeah. added more drapes. I think there are white leaves falling in this one too. That my mistake. Yeah, something was going on did down there. Did you guys? Did Molly comment on these white tuxedos? Oh, yeah, they're well, yeah. Dresses. yeah. It was a Molly, wedding dress. It was a here's what Molly dress. had to say about the dress. Yeah, they look good. I the look of that show, those two dresses on those two girls. Yeah, I was going to show you the one from a mistake that I made. Mistake <laughs> for sure. That doesn't look like new age. Right. Her, her dress. It's traditional. But and same with Tor. I mean, um, Tiff and yeah, Valerie. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, oh yeah. my. And it's the same dress. <laughs> the thing was so difficult was to get two wedding dresses in the right sizes for the two ladies and you know get them done so i didn't even know what but they're the same dress wow i worked a lot with a lady who was a bridal gal in beverly hills called uh, renee strauss for the bride and uh we but they were totally traditional and totally on sale and Mr. <laughs> Spelling and Miss Scale never liked anything better than a bargain. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess it—I guess it's probably better that you had them wearing the same dress, so there wasn't any sort of comp oh, competition. No, 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 no. Half <laughs> yeah. the blonde and the brunette. You know, it's hard enough. <laughs> so Molly, we had a fun time with her. If you're on Patreon, you get to watch that whole thing. That was a lot of fun. You know, I have to tell you, now I've watched this a number of times, and certainly this, I didn't know it was the same dress. I'm not looking at it in I, that I much detail. I didn't know. I noticed it. I noticed it right, right from the start. Yeah. I just, but the thing is, because what I'm noticing is the, the, the jewelry come down into the bindi yes. like that. That's what yeah. I'm focused on yeah. um, with, with when Valerie shows up. And... And I like it. It's a happy accident. You know, I tried to now, when she says, well, they were supposed to be new age, like the tuxedos. Yeah, but this was a great, it it, it kept it in traditional bounds, too. So it was uh, it was a fortuitous, uh, I mean, I like the imagery of it. I don't know. What do you think, Larry? Oh, yeah. No, I, I you know, it's it's so trippy, the whole thing. I mean, it's just the, the trade-offs of the different weddings. Uh, I was thinking... How clever we were, because you know, in sweeps you want to have something to promote. You usually want a wedding. We have two weddings. This <laughs> <laughs> is good. It's oh, twice as good. We really pumped it up for Fox. You know, it and makes sense to have the same dress too, because it's Dylan's yeah. dream. Yeah. So he's yeah. dreaming. Each girl's in the same dress. It's his vision of what um, a wedding looks like and his bride looks like. So I think that it worked. Makes a lot of sense. You, know? you you look like you're right out of the music man, Kevin. Yeah, no, I mean, it, David. <laughs> yeah, you've got our, David's white thing is good. 
Our number one episode okay. of, of season five was mm -hmm. our, you know, back to the beach, our, our mm -hmm. premiere, what I did on the summer vacation. This was number two. This is the outfit you're talking uh, about. Uh, no, yeah. in rating. Yeah. Kevin, yep, yep. He's handsome. Wish I had that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I think Molly probably has it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, let's see here. Well, it gets it gets really wild. I can do anything you want. Just let your imagination wander. You do have a good imagination, don't you? Whoa. Bet you didn't expect to see me here. Well, actually, no. I think you're the only woman in the room with who I've never had the pleasure. Well, I've been saving it all for you, Dylan. Well, we'll just have to fix that, won't we? Wow. Mm -hmm. Do you like the way we're fixing it? Oh, yeah, I like getting fixed. Are you sure about that? Ow! You know, all right. you're, you're eight you fixed women. it all right. <laughs> uh, Chuck, I want to ask you what Carol Potter's uh, agent or manager said to you at the time after he saw this episode. You, you, gee, you, you, gee, she had a manager, a woman manager. Yeah. She said, I don't know what you were on when you wrote this, but keep on taking it. <laughs> 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 Yeah. That was hot. Very yeah, hot. I mean, the beginning of that, like there's a thing that Chuck talked about when when the uh, the devil tale or John Grease tell or playing the uh, the dope dealer tells Dylan that everyone in this room was someone he's he one of his lovers. He's like faceless, like the lightly lights up, like uh, it's just amazing. And the happiest, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and he we just, describe where they met and all of this. So, oh know, yeah, yeah. I met her there. Yeah, and he he actually kisses eight women in that scene. It's fantastic. I counted it. Uh, there are some wonderful kisses there, particularly Tori, though, really goes. Uh, we should have asked her about that. I'm, I'm just kicking myself. We didn't really. Well, we'll do it again. We'll talk to her again. But we're trying to get John here. Let's see if this helps. He actually great. kisses eight women in that scene. It's fantastic. I counted it. Uh, there are some wonderful kisses there. So there's a little bit of a delay here. Goes, uh, we should have asked her. <laughs> yes. About so. Is he in prison? Is he. Uh, <laughs> uh, Melanie's trying to help, help us with behind the, the, the walls. We watch you, John. You yeah, know, you did a beautiful job, Both John. Carol and I go back with you. You don't even know probably this. All these great stories, right? That I'm going to tell at the after party if you don't come on. Okay, <laughs> all right. Is he also Beverly Hills High School, Chuck? Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, gonna... I believe it would be his, his older brother was in my class at Beverly, so John probably was. John probably studied with John Engel, don't you think, Carol? Oh, sure. I would think. You know, John Engel did this series. You know that, right? We cast, I cast John to you do know, uh, he, that. He became a professional actor after being such a beloved teacher yes, for all yes. that. It was like, yes. You and know, he, yeah, that big career daytime. They loved him. Yeah, in it that, was wonderful. Uh, it was wonderful. 
was our high school uh, drama teacher. We did exactly. lose we did lose him, unfortunately. So I don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Melanie's working her butt off to try to get John on the phone. Uh, okay. Um, I wanted to share this. No. Relax, Dylan. It'll all be over soon. It'll only hurt for a few seconds, then you'll never feel anything again. Well, anyway, I don't want to share the whole thing because the music will shut us down real quick. You know, the police don't like that, <laughs> literally. Well, uh, it's, it's a latex outfit that uh, that uh, Tori is wearing as Donna uh, gyrating. Oh and Carol, and and this is your thing, Pete, with Claire uh, climbing over him. That's you know, oh, and, and wants so some hot. of the wants a taste of that uh, that heroin. Oh. Yeah, I mean, Gabrielle is the only gal who did not was not part of this scene. So I only imagine she was probably shooting on the other set the whole time. I think we were doing hate is another word. She yeah, missed that, out on the kiss fest, the kiss of Belusia. Yes, and you don't that she had a starring uh, yeah, role in yeah, that. But, and exactly. you don't see the hardest one in these sets of double ups, and we had to pull them out of things and do things was was getting Iron ferrying mm. back and forth. He was the hardest actor to place because he was in yeah. demand. He's not in the in the, in the um, subplot, but again, we're playing this against the keg, uh, a football, the father yeah. and son. So this is all about the other thing about this episode that because we're not dealing with that storyline, that has a lot of father and son. Yeah, both we introduce Steve's father, and mm-hmm. and Jim Walsh shows up to watch this flag football game and and the, and the nature of the fact and, and they find and Steve's father finds out that Dylan is on a life support and and it doesn't look good and and so when the father has a factor in this in this plot too in the dreams plot the father mm-hmm. and the mother factor in at certain mm-hmm. points oh yeah yeah I mean we'll see stuff so, in the future. It, yeah. it was so great to see Jed Allen God rest his soul I was just know? thinking to thank you for mentioning Jed we oh. really have, want to honor him uh, Carol do you know his family at all we want to get one of his kids to come on and talk about Jed you know uh, he has I, three sons he has a Rick a Mitch and a mm-hmm. Dean mm-hmm. and I, I've put out feelings to them but they haven't responded to me because we love Jed mm-hmm. and his work is just fantastic mm-hmm. in this episode it, it's great to see yeah, yeah. Well, here's what Molly said about Kathleen, just as for you Kathleen fans. Start with Kathleen because she's got nothing to do with the episode, but we, we love starting with her. Because she's also in one of these. Don't tell me. <laughs> she is. She absolutely is. She's a sweetheart. Um, but she's also in this dream sequence, right? Look at her here. Ooh. I don't know what she's wearing there. Would you bring folks? She smokes it. You don't even care what she's wearing or if she's wearing anything. Her face is so astonishing to me. I saw her and I was watching something on, just watching something called Hollywood Land, and she's in that. Mm -hmm. This is the story of George Reeve, who played Superman. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. She's just stunning in it. So there's a little bit about Kathleen for you, for me. (laughs) uh okay well let me ask tom uh some of the things we just watched a whole bunch of different sequences we watched you know the 
the stuff at the pool with the pool table um and you know that that room where dylan sees all of the people uh, all the women in his life uh what, what, tell me about setting some of those rooms up i don't have any of jill's yeah. photos of that <laughs> yes we well there was not a lot of time to take photos although I have a pile of photos somewhere from the pool hall because we built that bar. We had three pool tables. One was a little small. I believe Bethany Rooney directed that one, um, at least part of it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, early, in the, early in the season, yes. We did a lot of episodes there where Dylan was playing pool and she'd be That's where up. he met uh, the character of John Grise. And yeah, he's he's standing by. Yeah. Well, standing by I'll tell you. He hung up. The, Tori Spelling's latex dress, I was in there trying to take pictures, and she was up on a bar. Well, she was on the bar, and then she was down and gone and came back. And then somebody said, she, it turns out that she could see panty lines or bra lines or both. And she went away, and she came back, and you couldn't see those anymore oh, because they were gone. And I... And I, I've said something. There's a an extra sitting in the booth below me, and I said, I guess maybe she's not wearing anything under that dress. And this was a girl who's sitting there, and she goes, I know, I can see. Just <laughs> that she was on a bar, and at that height difference of me standing versus sitting was uh, kind of uh, oh, revealing. So, well, that was revealing. So by somebody's perspective, that was the best seat in the house, right? I suppose so. I don't think this girl cared. Yeah, Tori was a trooper. She's a trooper. She was. She was, and that dress worked. I mean, it did what it was supposed to do. It worked so well. We brought it back two years later and strike the match when she did again. Yeah, again, shocking to see her in the dress, and shocking to see, you know, how dark it is with Claire wanting heroin. I mean, you know, you know these. You know where were they in that? And look at and look at Brian's. Is that Brian there? Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, he wanted to get in a little fun. He looks like something out of Lost Boys. He does a little. Yes, he does. Oh. Yeah, really, really tense. Yes. I asked really Kathleen about this. She had no memory of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> After amnesia, a lot of that going around. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we had it too. That's why we watched the episodes again. Then we kind That's of right to try to remember. Yeah. Well, Chuck, you said you mentioned at the top of this that there was some production challenges for you. Um, that you had to do a lot of post production stuff. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? What that was like for you? You get everything back. You go to post production. You're in the editing room. It basically was, you know, that. You, you you have a script, and the script, you you put act breaks. This is how the act break was. But when your first act is like eight minutes, and the music, and the director, God bless him, he put in music score on the opening sequence um, when they're actually taking uh, Dylan down to the hospital in the ambulance. And he played... From the band, I think it's Soundgarden. This was, you know, Todd H is into the, this music with Kurt Cobain and Ask Questions. But this was Soundgarden, Runaway Train. Soul Asylum. Runaway Train on. Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. It is one. And this is not knocking the band. I got nothing against the band. But playing against <laughs> the film that we had taken and the urgency that we needed to put on. I knew. I started crying. The first, like 30 seconds. Oh my God, are we? In- so, anyway, the, we had to do a lot of work on the cut, and the song left, and we just did natural sound. 
you know, to get in there, you know, the natural world that, that, uh, and, and again, that was, and, and, and for the spelling company, a lot of shows did that, but for the spelling company, that was really revolutionary to, dry, to not have underscore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and have it that way. Um, you can only imagine what would have been replaced, Chuck, if we would have had the song. So what, so being that short, so I switched things around and we, and, and had to put, we have clips in the episode that weren't written into the episode or they were going to be very short. Then they ended up being much longer because we needed so much more time. We, and then everything in the tunnel had to be accelerated, repeated, inverted. Um, you know, we just, you know, to make all the other stories, you know, make sense. So it was, it just was a time consuming process because the, you know, I had to, like, you go back in, 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 when you do a sound mix, they, they call it Larry going back to the stems. Yeah. You know, you go all the, this was going back to what footage did we have? Get it out. Let's see the, what, what, you know, every single shot we took in that tunnel is in this film. I guarantee you, because we, you, we needed more angle. We needed more stuff. We it was, it was, uh, it was a bat. It wasn't a battle between good and evil, but it was a battle between um, uh, good and not so good. <laughs> uh, we didn't get John Grease here, but why don't we talk a little bit about his performance, despite him not being here? I think he, as the the dope dealer, I guess is what we're calling him, or the I don't know what what well, he is. The demon. He's demon. like a devil, a demon. You're scary yeah. for me. Scary. Yes, very good. Scary, great work. Yeah, he yeah. let himself go. He really did. He really kind of, you know, that's really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear his talk about. Is that Dylan. the one from that we were talking about from the one after this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Before you play that, just to but no, this is just a picture. We only have stills of that. So. Oh, just going to okay. Um, the thing about the the uh, about him, the way he played the devil too. Is that it was it? It had a quality that that I associate with the devil. Look, I'm on that generation that watched Damn Yankees every single night on the Million Dollar Movie. So Ray Walston <laughs> as the nice devil is right. implanted in my brain, and I think he brought definitely some of that. And and um, and and and, and interestingly enough, uh, because it, someone can steal this now. So what do we care anymore, Larry? Larry had a great idea that the devil takes a summer vacation in Martha's Vineyard, and we were going to play the devil exactly like this guy is, was played. You know, like, I just want to be part of, you know, nice guy in this, but if you're going to do this, fuck, I'm the devil, you know, and that's how... But, but everyone else is worse on the island, of course. Yeah. <laughs> the devil, that's part of the thing. He's the only moral one there. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, as it turns out. It, it, was, yeah, it was a good idea, great idea, actually, I think. But anyway, uh, but that yeah, was the. You know, I, I think this is the person, the perfect, perfect devil for Dylan. Really, that's what it was like. Kind of a, a Dylan, a devil right. created for Dylan, Dylan McKay. Really, because it was just the de we had already built up the whole attraction of the of what dope and heroin was. That's why he had brought him into heroin. So, so was, yeah, I mean, so he just became an extension of that. But John so, really took took a couple of good leaps there, and I really yeah. uh, take my hat off to him if I had a hat. And I love and I love the delivery. My, my favorite John line, if John, if you're listening to this all, is when you go, and, you know, he says, you know, go to hell. Oh, it's not been there. It's not so bad. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, it's so good. We we actually repeated twice, I think, which is yes, we did. Well, because we had some problems there. Had to had to repeat the material. Sometimes you just have to toss the script out and work with the. That's what we did, and I had never and I never had to work. 
And I never had to do that in 90210 until this episode. So I went all those episodes. We never, you know, started pretty much started from scratch, at least trying to find the performances, trying to get the pace going. Um, maybe because it was more ambitious as well, you know. Um, oh, yeah, I, yeah. And I think what went on in that tunnel was pretty ambitious. You know, I mean, I, I just look at what you built, Tom, and it uh, with yeah. those big columns and you know, and then stripping it is one thing, but also just just then then you know the lighting probably you know you know that took a little the longer end. and the big oh, but yeah. the the white light at the end mm. is just uh, the end of the tunnel. I think is really effective. That was the lighting department. But we had and Noli comes back at the end of this too. Um, right. Because you're hearing her voice the whole time. As yeah. you you who've watched the episode, you know, help me, Dylan, help me, save me. And you know, putting that on that is the as as knowing that there's something else going on than what's being shown, that there's something more. And the help me save me is, you know, maybe is please stick around and find out and, and rescue me, which which we put that to bed when, when uh, Larry goes down to Cabo. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We also have the, uh, the, the, uh, the taxi driver moment where all of a sudden the, the last person he's going to kind of screw is yes. pops up and it's uh, his it's stepsister yeah. and she's dressed just like Jodie Foster in uh, Taxi Driver. Yeah. So we have the taxi driver. We got the exorcist. The guy, hey, can you help an altar boy? You know, yes, uh, and, then, and then and then the Jacob's ladder being Jacob's the whole. Ladder, you know, well, there's two other things too. Here. There's obviously we get this moment oh, here yeah. with uh, Josh Taylor with Jack McKay. Yeah. So uh, writing that in was that something that was originally written, Chuck, or is that something? Yeah, I guess so. Right? Yeah, sure. That was, was, that, was, was that was what it was. The actor was that, the actor was that, when you when you was broken as the character the Dylan McKay. And you've really got to integrate him back <laughs> to what many people were considering a high school teenage show, but at least, a high, you know, the, the ensemble that was 90210, the, the thing that I felt was needed and what was wanted is that, the, that he would not just be back, but want to be back. And wanting to be back meaning, yes, I want to live. Or maybe there's a reason to live. Hmm. And, and, um, it's funny, uh, Larry, Pete, no, too, but Larry, really, about in the mayor of Venice, I'm grappling with the same issues I know, I'm as, as this. With that. But it is that notion of what do you, you know, you, you do, you know, is this your time? And it right. certainly seemed like it should have been his time again and again and again and again. But something was keeping him not part of it being, um, you know, uh, Noli, the sister, Erica. And then part of it, of course, being dad. And we get Iris McKay at the end of the episode, too, right? We've got That's to real a rush, really right? screw everybody in. in the, all the feels you get there with Stephanie Beecham steps yeah. in there. As Chuck will say, the most expensive day for an actor in, uh, in all of... Uh, Especially if she would go by the hour rate. It was two hours. <laughs> or, you know, three, maybe. And she got a lunch she, out of it. She got the scholarship. Um yeah, Sometimes yeah. it works out in your favor, yeah, but we, you know, you needed her desperately, and it really made all the difference. Because yeah, you know, have her there at the end. Is she still end. a dream? Is it still a dream? And then she's out of the dream. And it just took her right out. It's a beautiful right. piece of writing. Thank really you, nice man. stuff, guys. Um, is there is well, and then Chuck, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about what happens in the next episode, and we can probably do more on that. But we do see John Grease's character again, right? Um, I want you to talk about that. 
Well, that that was the the idea that he comes back and he's not. And we we know that Dylan and it's near the end of the episode. It's near it, 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 it might be near end of act three business, maybe maybe even to act four. But he shows up in Dylan's uh, in the rehab place <laughs> as if he's a, a friend Uh-oh. and, um, it, you know, get to be able to get in the first place. And then basically says, you ever talk about where you got the thing, I'm going to kill you. And then, of course, immediately goes back to good to see you, buddy, as as Stephanie Beecham is the mom is walking in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Iris is walking in. And it's a really good scene. And, you know, I just uh, well, yeah, well, well, just as describing it. But at some point uh, you check it out. Couple of questions from Patreon. I want to hit you with <clears throat> Jennifer Kendall wants to know, did Luke have any input on this episode? And I know that you revealed on Patreon that he did. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, sure. You know, it was, um, I was, as I said, this is a script I went back to read. And I saw that in my heart, it was um, tell play by me, story by me and Luke. Luke, I, I gave Luke story credit. And he's not given story credit on screen. Mm. And and Larry pointed out rightly that to get the story credit on screen like that, the writer's guild has to see paper. And when Ian uh, soon after does get credit in the episode that we did when we had Milton Berle come on to guest star. Sentenced to life. Um, sentenced to life. Uh, you, there was paper. So there was a there was a. Uh, you know that they're interested. So we had learned from our mistake here. But yeah, Luke, Luke al- always did, and Luke had um, it, it's something that Carol doesn't remember, and and why should she? But that you know, I actually got called on the set on the first day. The first day was filming in the um, hospital, and Luke wanted more intensity, and uh, you know uh, was sensing that it might be something's something's not completely connecting in that in those that point um what but but what he was most concerned about was how the the him running down the hallway was going to be done and i thought that was pretty effective i don't know how you felt about that uh he has pajama he has pajama pants on by the way because normally a patient would not have pants on but they decided to put pants on him which was a good decision <laughs> all right all right chuck i think we covered this episode pretty good what do you think well we sure did and um you know it really works because you know and you wouldn't even be even remotely considering doing anything like this if you didn't have a partner on board my partner was luke Perry on this one tom i don't know that you've ever talked about luke you you've had some uh experiences i'm sure working with him uh do you want to say anything about luke perry i would just say he was a really nice guy who you know how so many actors can get full of themselves when they get some stardom he never had that he just uh he just was a regular guy and uh and was always appreciative of everybody around him it seemed like even when there was craziness he just was pretty calm through it all just a really he, good guy. Yeah. And at this point, he also really liked, though, the Hollywood lifestyle because I was thinking about him in Planet Hollywood. In mm-hmm. Planet Hollywood, he got to hang out with Schwarzenegger 
And Sylvester Stallone and this, he was one of the celebrity people. They put him in there and they'd fly him to openings and this. And he enjoyed that too. You know, yeah. he, he enjoyed being playing, you know, sitting in the, the VIP area and all of that while while it was going on with, with 902 and 0. For sure. He's still just a regular but just guy, a guy from enjoyed Southern that. Ohio. Exactly right. Oh, yeah. Exactly right. Oh, yeah. I want to tell you about what's coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, March 10th, Larry and I are going to be here with Randy Spelling as we talk about an episode from season six, Smashed. That should be a lot of fun, right? Uh, Larry, do you, do you yeah. want to give a little preview of that? I, you know, we, you know, you know, Randy, uh, obviously, you know, he, uh, we worked him into the show. He, he played one of Steve's, uh, flying monkey, uh, stepbrothers and, uh, he was delightful. I want to hear his whole take on the thing. Also growing up spelling. I mean, there's a lot to talk to Randy about. He's a wonderful kid, man. And then <laughs> March 17th, we're going to look into Tony and Dylan's. Uh, we're not so much because we covered the the ep, the one wedding and the funeral, but we're going to look at the ro romantic okay. relationship there. And then March 24th, as of this moment, we're doing The Presumption of Innocence, uh, which is a real crazy storyline going talking about it. With a, it deals with incense. Incense. I'm saying the word wrong. In, 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 incest. In incest. Not many twice. exotic shows were doing at the time. Yeah. And we were still a high school show. <laughs> and then we'll do a little spring training and some sports. We'll talk about that at the end of the month. Of and this, for everybody uh, that wants to join us, I want to say this again. Tomorrow at 345 Pacific, 645 Eastern, we have a Zoom chat going on. Um, Talking about Luke, sharing your your memories and all that stuff. I know fans. I've said it at the top of the show. This is a very tough day, and a couple tough couple of days for all of us. I know we were all just shocked and and devastated when we lost uh, Luke Perry, someone that we all looked at as probably like a, a brother in some way. So if you want to just talk about your feelings and get them out, you know, join us. You can just email me, Peter at Beverly Hills nine zero two one zero show dot com. And uh, we'll sign you up for that uh, list to be a part of that. Uh, we're going to wrap things up and say goodbye to our panel. But we have that beautiful video that that Todd H made um, for the Super Show. I'm going to play that out. And but we'll say goodbye to everybody here. Thanks, and for, everybody. Thanks for coming by, David. Thank you. It was Bye. great. Bye. 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 Carol, thank you. Nice to see you guys. Bye. Thank you guys. Bye. And here's that thank video. You. Bye, Carol. It's not me they're coming out to see, it's, it's this character that I play. Yeah, you know, a year ago I was shoveling asphalt, and a year from now I could be doing it again. Luke is a super supportive, loving, stand-up guy. What a genuine, classy young man. One of the gentlest souls. He was a, a very singular human being. I just adored him. He was a wonderful man. He had that quality that certain people have where when you feel like you're talking to him, he was 100% focused on you. He did not have a bad bone in his body. He was just the kindest, most gracious, humble, funny. He was absolutely the best. I absolutely adore him. We got to see each other one last time. It was the same Luke, the same amazing, loving, kind, funny, crazy Luke. Luke was a writer's dream. He pushed you to do better, and then he delivered on screen. It was a wonderful collaboration.
Luke just wanted to go. He wanted to go. He wanted to act. He wanted to do the, tell this story. He, you know, he was an artist and he went for it in that show. It was beautiful. He was beautiful. He loved the work. He loved being an actor and he loved finding the best he could in a scene. You know, he committed to things and he, and he, and he went for it and he wasn't afraid to just go for it. He always was down to earth. He really was a serious actor. He was just so thoughtful. I mean, everything he did, he really worked on. He thought about. There was nothing casual in his work ethic. Infectious energy, you know? He was just this incredible, warm, like, generous guy. You know, I went into the makeup trailer, and Luke was there. And um, usually he and I would share some banter, we'd talk, and I could see he was already in the moment. He was already preparing for yeah. what was coming up. And I was like, wow, you know, it was really, really amazing. And so he, I think he inspired everybody around him. Luke was in the moment with every moment he played. He was living and breathing this, wanting it to be something that we'd be talking about 30 years later. And he made it so. He was a really, really good actor, but being an actor, I don't think was the be all and end all of his life. He was a good man. I asked him something like, well, so, you know, what are you gonna do with uh, all this money you're making? And he said, oh, I'm gonna buy my dad a truck. Oh my God, this kid, he's so grounded. And it was just that selfless quality that he had that he wanted to celebrate in everybody else's joy. While I was waiting to do my screen test with Tori that day, I was given one of the dressing rooms. As I was going in there, Luke sort of pulled me aside and said, hey, you know, I know this is like, it's pretty stressful, but you're going to kill it. It gives me shivers thinking about it, you know, that he would just take the time to do that. Luke Perry was um, very, very friendly with me. and we, we got on very well while I was working. He was a good support. Luke knowing his background to be who he was and to be as humble and kind and generous was astounding. You say his name and I hear up. He was just an incredible human being. He fought so hard to look like the guy who loved horses all the time. He wanted everybody to know he was the real guy. But he didn't need to do that because he just was the real guy. Such a lovely, charming, wonderful human being, you know? So you just, this series, like, you just miss him. Amazing. He was amazing. I know. He is deeply missed by so many. He's missed. He was a really special guy. People that got a chance to know him, they're lucky. He wore his heart on his sleeve, and he was a warm, kind, loving guy. Had it all. He was a miracle of a person. When my time here is up, I don't want to look back and see that I didn't do anything, you know, and by that I mean uh, I didn't have any effect on anything else. I, I see a lot of people that let their life happen to them, and I want to happen to my life. I don't want my life to happen to me.